0: Welcome to Kill Chain, a platform cybersecurity and technology podcast presented by Fleet Defender. I'm your host, Marcus Q, and with me today, I have CEO and founder of Fleet Defender, Terry Reinhart.
1: Hello,
0: everybody. And today we're going to be looking at what over-the-air updates mean for vehicles. So software updates for your vehicle done over the air. So stay tuned, and we'll get into that in a second. Terry, thank you for joining today. Very excited to have you for this topic with your extensive knowledge into vehicle software and vehicle, really all things vehicle.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, this this will be a fun one. You know, we're seeing this major change in how vehicles are architected and just the model and how people view vehicles and there's this new term. You know, we had like connected vehicle, autonomous vehicle, this and that, vehicle to everything, and now we've got software defined vehicles. It's kind of Ambiguous, but also super cool.
0: Yeah, I think it's good probably for us to take a step back and really talk about what an over the air update, software update for a vehicle even means, right? I, is we're talking about vehicles today. Are now so defined by the software within them for operation. You know how do those things get updated for new patches, new releases, uh, and the rise of the over-the-air update. So you no longer have to take a vehicle in, or you know maybe that's a good starting point. Is you know previously how was the software in a vehicle updated if not over-the-air?
1: It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, ultimately that's what it boils down to. It never was. Um, So you would have to take your vehicle to a technician or, you know, one of the the dealerships that had, like if it was a Ford, for example, that had like the Ford specific maintenance terminal or the Toyota specific maintenance terminal that they would plug into the vehicle. And then what it would do is that terminal, uh, the maintenance terminal, it would scan the car through the OBD2 port to see what software versions each of the ECUs had. It would send all that back to Ford server, Toyota server, whoever. And then it would pull down any updates for those ECUs and then it would flash them in and it would take hours, right? Because everything's done over CAN bus and really large file transfers are super slow over CAN bus and stuff. So it was this highly specialized thing. And, oh, and by the way, you as the consumer and the vehicle owner had to pay for that. And so a lot of times software and vehicles never got updated. Yeah. What would that cost?
0: I can't even imagine what that would cost.
1: Oh, it was hundreds of dollars. Like you'd have to pay for the technician's time and you'd have to pay for the thing. Like, yeah, it it was hundreds of dollars. Like it wasn't cheap. Right. And if, They release a patch every other week. Guess what? Like no one's going to pay that kind of money. Like it just, it didn't, it wasn't something that could be sustained by a consumer. That's,
0: you know, that'd be terrifying to me as an OEM or as a, you know, manufacturer of a vehicle is that the software that I put in the vehicle isn't going to get updated. So it better be right. And as we've talked about many times, software is made by humans. And so there's always errors. And so you could put out a vehicle with a software error and it's not going to get fixed.
1: Uh, unless something so bad happens that you have to issue a recall and guess how much that's going to cost you. Oh yeah. A lot of money, a lot of money. Yeah. So this idea of like, you know, like the iPhone, for example, You know, you can just download apps. You can update apps all over the air. You don't even have to plug your phone in to a computer anymore. Like it just happens automagically, (laughs) you know, over the air and vehicles are moving the same way. I mean, I think Tesla really was the first case that really showed us how like you can like what you can do with software updates. Like, Like you're not just fixing a vulnerability. Like there was an update that Tesla pushed out that like increased the car's horsepower by like 25 or 30 horse just by changing the way the software inside worked. I mean, talk about awesome. Like, wow, I can download this update and get more performance out of my car. That's crazy.
0: And that's like a really good, Easy to wrap your head around example of a software-defined vehicle is a Tesla, right? Is it so software-enabled? I mean, there's subscription models for features based on software that you have unlocked in the vehicle, but where does that line switch? You know what what creates a or what makes a vehicle a software-defined vehicle?
1: That's a good question. I mean, we used to have like very clear terms, right? Like connected vehicle, um, vehicle to everything. Um, you know software-defined vehicle, and the the terms have kind of become ambiguous, to be honest. like the technologies emerge so much that when you talk about a connected vehicle, you're basically talking about a software-defined vehicle, and if you're talking about a software-defined vehicle, you're basically talking about a connected vehicle, right? like there's so many things that they have in common now that where you used to have very specific use cases for those like that's that's really no longer the case. Right now, I think like vehicle to everything, like there's still components of that that sit outside of um, what a software defined vehicle would be. But nowadays, there's very little difference between an SDV software defined vehicle or a connected vehicle.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And, And so, as we're talking about over the air updates for that software, you know, the way I think of over the air updates is kind of what you mentioned an iPhone update right? Is there some kind of patch, new feature, security vulnerability to close up, you know, and they're able to send that directly to your phone, you click a button and it installs in, you know, 15 minutes. And so is that what- Or
1: in some cases, it, it happens overnight when you're not looking,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I need to turn on. But uh, for <laughs> <laughs> for a vehicle, would that operate very similarly, where it's, you know, a patch or something coming through, and it just will load into the vehicle itself? Does it? How much do you know about this as far as can it be in a garage shielded? Does it have to be out in the world moving?
1: Um, there is a lot. There's a lot of different ways that they've done it right. And the, the technology's kind of evolved over time. So one way that they would do it before was through the app on my phone, right? So I had like the Toyota Entune app. Uh, for my truck. And anytime that it would connect into the truck, um, it would go look for updates, and it would say, "Okay, hey, there's this new update. Do you want to install it and push it down and install it into your 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 head unit?" Um, they were only doing that for the infotainment unit. They weren't doing that for various ECUs around the um, around the vehicle, like the power steering control module or the body control module or anything like that. Um, that kind of evolved. Um, you know, even BMW, they started putting like you know, cellular modems in the cars, telematics units in the cars, and you could go in, you know, you could be sitting at home and you could, uh, uh, oh, and it could also connect to your Wi-Fi at home. So, like, when you get close to your Wi-Fi at home, it would connect to your Wi-Fi. And then you could go on your computer, log into the BMW portal, whatever it was called, and, um, you know, tell it what you wanted to install and all that stuff. And then it would download it over Wi-Fi and install it into the car. But like I think Tesla, again, kind of leading the way in a lot of the software-defined vehicle stuff. Like that was just done over cellular; they could push, you know, updates down, update ECUs in the car, uh, and so on and so forth. And I think that's kind of the model that we're going to see moving forward: is this idea that everything can be updated all through the telematics uh, system, you know, designed and built into the vehicle.
0: And so I would have to imagine that will increase the lifespan of some vehicles, right? If we talk, look at old software being run on a machine, it it just gets outdated. And so I wonder how this is going to expand the lifespan of a vehicle if they, you know, improve the software for some of the ECUs like you mentioned, like power control steering module. Like how how do you think that can affect the lifespan of a vehicle?
1: So if you think about it, when you design a hardware component, that hardware component is built using cutting edge technology on the day that you designed it and built it. But five years from now, that technology is five years old. 10 years from now, that technology is 10 years old. You know, like you can't update that hardware. It is fixed on the technology level of when it was designed and and developed. Software, on the other hand, as new technologies come out, as new techniques come out, um, as new ideas come out, you can update that software. And so that component is up to date to whenever you push that update so you get a lot longer lifespan out of that unit like for example if you know certain types of like you know social media i'm just making this up but like you know facebook or this or that right like you got facebook in your car but then twitter is invented well you could just push a twitter an update that adds twitter to your car right? Like you don't have to go buy a new car to get Twitter in it, right? Like that's a, a stupid example using, you know, social media, but that's the same. That's true with any feature, right? Like you can push new features to the vehicle and update that. So like the driver has a five-year-old vehicle, but with features that were designed today. So similar, and that's pretty cool.
0: Similar to what you were talking about with the Tesla, right? Is they were able to redefine the software to get more horsepower out of it. Same hardware, but just pushing a new software update to it.
1: Exactly. And so like, as like you, you don't have to stop innovating on a vehicle once you sell it to a customer, right? Like innovation stops. Once you sell that car, like once it gets off the factory line and you sell it to a customer, innovation pretty much stops at that point, unless you can do software over, you know, software updates and firmware over the air updates and things like that to where every time, like you can continue that innovation you can continue to deploy new features. You can continue to like, wow your customers and excite them about their vehicle and keep them engaged. Now the problem with that is, is manufacturers are like, well, if we keep people happy with their car, they're not going to go buy a new car, Mm. which means we're not going to get money on a new car sale. And so then there's this now features, right? Like with Tesla's, you can pay for features. You can pay for this, like that annual recurring revenue model like get them to buy a license that they continue to pay for to get security updates feature updates new features and so on and so forth and so basically your car is basically going to become like you know like any other you know software application where you're paying a monthly license fee for these features that you selected
0: another subscription
1: <laughs> yeah. oh my god it's, yes yeah. another subscription that you have to write checks for just put it on auto pay yeah
0: like, Right. So, you know, being the cybersecurity people, I, uh, I think about an over-the-air update and it's sending files to the vehicle to be downloaded and installed. And I just think there has to be some risk to that.
1: Well, there's absolutely risk, but there's also reward from a cyber perspective, right? So, like, if we find a bug uh, or a flaw in some software in the vehicle, I can now push out an update for free. You don't have to take your car to the dealership. You don't have to pay hundreds of dollars, which by the way, you're not going to do, which means you're just going to have a vulnerable car on the highway, right? Like now I can push those updates out there, fix that flaw and do it very cheap and unobtrusive and easy for the consumer to actually do, right? Like I'm improving security. However, that now path exists for adversaries to exploit as well. And, you know, of course, humans have designed this firmware over the air update system. So there's going to be flaws in it. And so you just got to like really do your due diligence from an engineering perspective and design perspective to design it as secure as you can. And that's using things like encryption, code signing, you know, like all these things that we already have, um, that we've already invented, that already exist in order to just, You know, you're never going to have a bug-free system or a flaw-free system. You just got to make it so hard and so costly that your adversary is not going to go down that path.
0: Yeah, So, because I'd have to imagine some of the IT innovations for software updates and over-the-air updates can be utilized for this, right?
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all the same kind of stuff, right? You know, encryption, code signing, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's very applicable across domains.
0: Okay, so the fun question now. What do you think will be the coolest or most interesting over-the-air software update that will be available for vehicles in the next, you know, five to 10 years?
1: Oh, I mean, I mean, we're already seeing the super cool stuff, right? Like they can do a software update, and then my Tesla will drive itself. Like the technology's there, nothing's preventing it, but government regulation at this point in time, right? Like you ease that up or you get, what's this new one, like Elon mode or whatever it is, right? Like push a software update, my car just drives itself. Like you just turned what was a manual car into an autonomous car. Like that's yeah super cool.
0: Yeah, I'm saying five to ten years, but it's like five to ten months.
1: <laughs> it's like yeah in the and next and five I mean, to ten months. And and if you think about the autonomous technology, one of the um oh who was it? Oh dang it. Um one of the new autonomous vehicle uh just got approval to put vehicles on the road without a steering wheel or brakes or gas pedal in it.
0: Oh, really? So like
1: you, you can't even go back to manual reversion to a driver. Like it is the first one. They just got approval to put it out without any controls in the vehicle. Right. And so, I mean, this is the age where the idea of You're no longer a driver in the vehicle. You have no say in what the vehicle does other than maybe where it goes, right? Like you plug in the navigation where you want it to go and it's going to take you there. Beyond that, you have no control over that. So you're no longer a driver. Like these manufacturers don't have to design features to make drivers happy. Mm. Now you have to keep passengers entertained. Yeah. Because you are now, everybody's a passenger. Everybody's a passenger. So now it's it's all gonna be about are they comfortable and are they entertained? And if you're gonna be more comfortable and more entertained in a GM suburban than you are in a Ford Explorer, then GM's gonna make the sales more comfortable, more fun to be in. I don't care what the driving experience is because there's no driver. Right. Yeah. All I care about is am I comfortable and am I entertained? You're going to see this whole new line of business class vehicles, right? Like what is the most comfortable vehicle to work in a laptop? Oh yeah. Wow. You're going to see like workstation vehicles, workstation vehicles, right? Because now you can work on your way to work. You can get started. You could start checking your email. You can do this. You can do that. Some people still don't like to work on So give me a little tray that pops out and a little computer, a workstation or a laptop or this or that, right? Like you're gonna start seeing like vacation vehicles like, you know, that are just like built for maximum comfort. Uh, Sleeper vehicles, like, you know, like you go around Europe now, you know, you, you can be like touring Paris, jump on a sleeper train and wake up in Berlin and go tour Berlin, right? Well, your vehicle can do that now, right? Because you don't have to drive it. So now you can just, you know, does this vehicle have a bed that can lay down flat that I can comfortably sleep in while you take me from point A to point B?
0: Yeah. Talk about like maximizing a road trip vacation. You can now spend the full days doing what you want and the night's car drives you to the next place.
1: Right. Exactly. And so like, I think you're going to see this big shift. This is going to take some time. Don't get me wrong. This is maybe, you know, 10, 20, whatever, but like as autonomous vehicles become more and more present and you don't actually have the ability to control it, manufacturers aren't going to think about the driving experience anymore. They're going to think about the commuting experience, right? Like, are you comfortable? Are you entertained? That's, what's going to matter. Wow. Wow. And so then think about like software updates, right? So what new app are they going to add Pac-Man to it? So you can play Pac-Man while you drive down the road. Are they like, like it's the software updates are going to be like who can push the most entertainment and the most, uh, you know, that type of stuff, productivity, entertainment, it's going to be your iPhone it's gonna be your iPhone that just happens to move you somewhere.
0: And how do we add a new subscription to it?
1: <laughs> and how yeah, do we yeah. add another subscription? And that's subscription how Netflix goes
0: it. everywhere. Yeah. yeah.
1: Every <laughs> single time. Every single time.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about this topic to address some of the security concerns, but man, it's hard to not leave excited about it. I mean, the the upsides and the positives to Software-defined vehicles and over-the-air updates for vehicles. It's really amazing. It's going to be a new future.
1: Right. Exactly. Like I want two vehicles. I want the vehicle that when I want to drive, I can go drive. Right. Like there's some times where you want to get out there on the road, press down the gas pedal and 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 enjoy the drive, like actually controlling the vehicle, right? That's very rare for me. Most of the time, I'm just trying to get to point A to point B to get to another meeting, to get to work, to get to the grocery store, to do this, to do that, right? And that's where I want the other car, the one I'm going to use the most, right? Like I want to climb in, I want it to be comfortable, and I want to just be able to be productive or entertained or whatever when I just get from A to B, right? Safely, of course. And I I really think that's where we're going. It's 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 going to be interesting. I mean, until we get teleportation and you never need a vehicle again, <laughs> yeah, you know, but- just like, oh. Teleporting to High V, forgot barbecue sauce, you know, like, whatever.
0: <laughs> before then, before that happens, you're going to see lazy boy automotive. That'll be the next.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You know, in my mind, while I was talking about this, I was actually thinking like this nice leather recliner in the car, like all nice and cushy, you know? Oh yeah. I could see lazy boy having a whole line of vehicles <laughs> or, or what they do is it's like, uh, like some of the high end speaker companies uh, and audio companies oh. like license, like their speakers to like BMW and their sound systems, like lazy, but bo- you'll have the, the BMW with the lazy boy interior.
0: Yeah. It's, it's no longer like a home theater. It's your road theater. It's like a movie theater oh. on wheels and stuff. Ooh,
1: you got to trademark <laughs> that road theater right there.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Terry, thank you so much for uh, joining today. And if you'd like to learn more about uh, fleet cybersecurity or platform cybersecurity, check us out at FleetDefender.com. Otherwise, thank you for joining.
1: Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time.